Welcome to Level Up with Sherelle and Danny. We're here to help you take your health, fitness, and mindset to the next level. It's time to level up. Hello and welcome to today's episode of Level Up with Sherelle and Danny. Today we are talking about how to stay on track when you're not feeling your best. Mm, it's very timely as well. I mean, we've all gone through periods where we don't feel our best selves and this can show up in so many ways, like obviously getting sick or being injured or feeling a little bit run down are the main ones that show up for a lot of people. But even like mentally, like when you're just struggling a little bit, life's, you know, not feeling the same or work commitments, there's so many things that make up us as who we are. And I think it's so important to take that into consideration when it comes to your health and fitness, because we're not just robots that rock up and eat our macros and, <laughs> you know, lift our 90% and do our training split and get on with life. Like we are humans and we have different elements of our life. Yeah. And that's the beauty of, you know, being in this health and fitness um, journey, like it causes us to adapt as our life changing. I mean, You've literally just moved locations. So mm. hello from Geelong. Yes. <laughs> the new office. How good. Um, it looks the same as your old one. To I know. Honest. Well, I bring the whiteboard, of course. Yeah, it's the so whiteboard. It's the whiteboard. <laughs> but yeah, I guess for those who don't know, and I did tell everyone um, on my socials yesterday, which will be like a week um, today, mm. but my partner and I just moved down to Geelong, which is so exciting. We've been in Melbourne for three and a half years now. And obviously Melbourne, you know, had an earthquake the other day. It's just sitting there. It's going crazy. Mm. And when I reflect on like the, like we've spent more time in lockdown in Melbourne than what we have just living normal life, which was yeah. like a big realization for me of being like, wow, you know, we've had to work through a lot of things. Our lease was coming to an end. Geelong was looking very appetizing to us. And we mm-hmm. just thought, let's make the move while we can and get out while we can. But yeah, really good point, Danny, because the last 18 months, you know, we haven't been feeling our best selves. No one has. Mm, And mm. fitness and health and all those sorts of things, they're fluent and they're dynamic and we can't always stick to the plan. And I know how often we talk about like stick to your training program and do the things and do all that, but there's optimal and then there's practical. And whilst we would love an optimal circumstance, you know, a lot of us have like businesses and real-time jobs and families and commitments and partners and, you know, a health to look after as well and a life that we want to live. So there are times when things do fall off track, um, but it doesn't mean that you're going backwards. Yeah, really well said. And um, I remember when I sort of first started with my first ever coach, everything, and I've said this before, but everything had to be by the book. I, I didn't have the education or awareness on how to sort of safely deviate or yeah. make make changes to the plan. And that was very, like, it was a great way to learn at the start mm. and stick to a process, but it's definitely not a long-term thing. So mm. the longer you are in the game, you do learn how to mold your situation, whether it be training, your nutrition, learning when to push, learning when to pull, um, and feeling okay with it. Because, mm. you know, in theory, we can say, yes, I need to have a rest day. But when you're sort of actually there twiddling your thumbs, it's a lot harder than, um, than you know, what you may think. Yeah, I completely resonate with that. You know, my first coaching experience, if I got given a program and I can look back now and be like, yeah, that wasn't even customized, but <laughs> I'd, I'd get a program. <laughs> what like, for. Oh, I see it. But you'd get a program, <laughs> right? And even if I had like 
just work night duty or, Mm. you know, God forbid if I had like some sort of niggle or injury and it was leg day, like it was leg day, you know, (laughs) and if I had high bar back squats, I had high bar back squats. And I think that comes with like experience. Like as you increase your training IQ, you learn to adjust. And I think as well, like, God, even um, home training and like training out of different gyms and traveling, you learn how to adjust your own programming and your own schedule to accommodate for that. Now, like I said, there's optimal and there's practical. And, you know, whilst it might be optimal to train at the same place, the same time and have the same body show up and always be in pristine health, that's not always our reality. And it's so important to like learn how to navigate around these situations to stay healthy. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so the first example, I suppose, you know, feeling unwell, feeling sick physically, mm. might have a cough, runny nose, whatever. Um, I am understanding the context of COVID and all of that, but you know, it is what it is. People still get sick, man. It's a thing. Mm. So you don't still have to go to the gym. I, I really would not recommend quote unquote sweating it out. I know mm. a lot of people think, you know, what I the need hell? To- is that still Isn't a thing? Oh, I don't know. Like people think, oh, <laughs> I need to go in the sauna and sweat it out. Oh, I need yeah. to go to the gym and sweat it out. But like mm. your body, when you're sick, it needs to go into like hibernation mode to use whatever energy you have left for recovery. And I understand mm. we're not going to go into the science of, you know, immune system and all that stuff, but just generally speaking, like you need to nourish your body and, and, like lessen your movement for recovery as well when you are feeling sort of cold and flu symptoms. Yeah. And I also think as well, like back in the day, I used to probably have that mentality of like, no, I should still go to the gym and I should Mm. still do the thing. But now because I have like recovery is my number one priority. Like I don't care what I'm doing in the gym. Back in the day, I used to be like, how much can I get away with? Yeah. How much can I do and get away with it? Now I'm like, how little can I do and get away with it? Mm. That's like less is more. And that's like my motto. Like I'm like, if I can train four days, if I can train three days and still get a better uh, or the same result, why wouldn't we do that? Why wouldn't we prioritize recovery? Mm. So when, if I'm sick or I'm feeling unwell or something's not right, I'm always now adopting that sort of mindset of I'm not wasting my time. And I'm also not Mm. risking an injury or I'm not risking delaying out being sick because in reality, if you're unwell and you are having an immune response or you're physically injured and you can't push that hard anyways or you're perceiving bra- um, pain in your brain that's going to um, occur, what's actually the point? Like you're probably not going to make a step towards your goal in that mm-hmm. gym session. You at best might maintain and, you know, likely might even go backwards so Mm. I think a lot of the time it's not about physically can you do it it's more about like mentally how do I cope with saying oh well I shouldn't do this and Mm. you know I'll often get like a message off a client and be like hey Cheryl I'm not feeling well today should I just do upper body (laughs) I love that should I just do upper body and I'm like (laughs) stress is stress isn't it yeah you know we need to be like no You shouldn't Mm. do upper body because your body needs to slow down and recover. So just have an extra day off training. However, there's always going to be something therapeutic and reassuring in having your coach or someone in like, you know, an authority position to give you that permission slip. And I know I've talked about that in the past, but that's something I didn't have in the past. Mm. And I just think, you know, handing out those permission slips or, or asking for someone else's opinion on an answer you already know in your brain can really help you feel clarity. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. And um, depending on, you know, the level of how unwell you feel, if it's just a little bit, still not enough to have a big heavy leg day, you know, you won't get in the right headspace or you know that it might send your recovery backwards. You can still move your body, still go out for a walk or, you know, do some things around the house. It really depends on the level of how you're feeling and the way that you use to deal with these um, situations. But mm-hmm. You know, you don't always have to do what's written in the book. That's what we're trying to say. It's okay if you have a rest day. It's okay if you swap workouts around. It's not the end of the world. Like Mm. I had the biggest migraine last week um, and we were meant to record something. I'm like, Sherelle, I'm in bed. And you actually had a headache too. because Yeah, I had a headache too. (laughs) Um, I was like, me too, don't worry about it. Yeah, I'm like, oh, okay, doesn't surprise me. We are the same human sometimes. Um, And, you know, I'd run out of some of my um, supplements that I've been having from GAD. So for me, I think it was a mixture of stress and being in fight or flight mixed with hello my period's about to come oh we are in sync aren't we seriously yeah yeah. so I'm like (laughs) you know what I'm not getting out of bed all day today at all and you know what I took the next day off too Mm. and then you know at the time it's like oh even though you're debilitated when you have migraines it's the worst but then it's like oh you know what I started feeling like I should be training Mm. but then you come good and you've got so much more energy after and then you end up having better sessions, clearer mindset, you recover and get over the yeah. things that, you know, were holding you back in the first place and life goes on. You don't lose muscle. You don't become weak. It helps you. Mm. It's your body's way of saying, Danny, just please bloody stop for once. Yeah. It's yeah. okay. In hindsight as well and, you know, just with context, the one thing that's going to make sure that you progress and achieve your goals is consistency. Mm. And the number one thing that you can do to screw up your consistency consistency is not prioritize your health or get injured along the way. So, yeah. you know, I've definitely learned this the hard way many times. And I feel like that's where a lot of our good lessons come from. Like, you know, you probably remember Danny, like I used to have like a lot of niggles and just a lot mm. of things and I'd just be managing shit all the time. And, you know, shift work definitely contributed to all of that. Yeah. And, there was just lots of moving parts and I definitely had a very, very far from optimal um, lifestyle to support hard training, so mm. to speak. So my, mm. my rec- sorry, my recoverability is what we need to think about is like how mm. well I can recover. That's going to change. And stress is huge, not just physical, but also psychological. Yeah. So if you're going through like a lot of stress in your life, that's absolutely going to impact your training and how well you can recover from your sessions. But just like touching on like feeling unwell and sick, I have like a bit of a, like a rule with myself is if it's like below my head, then I need a rest and have the day off. So I'm thinking mm. like body aches, um, fatigue, higher core body temperature, etc. anything that's below the head, whereas if it's just above the head, um, so I'm thinking maybe a little bit of a runny nose, a slight headache, you know, a bit tired or anything like that, it's usually fine to train. But yeah. as soon as it's below the head, sore throat, those sorts of things, it's like, nah, your body is impacted now and you actually need to slow down. Yeah, that's a cool little rule. And, um, you know, naturally I'm here to sort of think of conflicting things because I had a bloody sinus yeah, have you ever had, you know, when your sinuses are clogged, try mm. lying lying in the gym on a bench press or face <laughs> down. Just change your workouts accordingly. You can't breathe. It's like a big yeah. pressure cooker in your head. But I do like that. You know, your low-level sniffles, yeah. you know, unless it's a byproduct of a sniffle 
paired with anything else, like, mm. yeah, like that's your body saying you need yeah. to rest. And we're very good at regulating our mindset and, and saying, you know, things are okay. And mm. we look for silver linings and all of that. But I've just had a, a personal experience. And I, again, I shared it on my social media, which sometimes I don't get super personal, but I thought it was relevant. Um, just like, even though my mind felt okay, because I'm very good mm. at keeping busy, my body has been going through some crazy ass um, ways of dealing with stress. And I sort of mentioned, you know, high heart rate, nausea, panic, anxiety, and, and sorry to say words that might be, you know, triggering, but this is the reality of how the body can um, perceive danger. And it's just been um, a real awakening for me to really tune into myself and pay attention to, you know, mental health as well. And I feel like um, I just want to use this platform as a message to say to people who are going through tough times at the moment that, you know, you're not alone. We all experience it in our own way. Um, Cause yeah, times are tough and the world feels very heavy right now. And, mm. you know, it's okay if you don't feel the heaviness and if you feel happiness, that's great too. But then for those who are, you know, feeling a little bit isolated, just remember you, you're not alone. Mm. Yeah. I just have but- to name that. <laughs> Yeah, thanks for sharing it, Danny. And I don't think those words are, you know, I think it's important to be mm. able to say them. And, you know, what triggers us teaches us. Sometimes we need to hear those messages as well. I know a lot of people definitely do, and I can relate to that. And we were, um, you know, chatting, I think, last week. And, you know, I myself very much the same. I think we're so good at managing and dealing with stress um, mentally that, sometimes we can trick ourselves to think that we're okay. And usually it's our body that'll get run down, get sick. For me, like my limiting factor would be like my skin that would get like Mm. at the moment, like eczema or breakouts or things like that. Stress will come in and it will impact your, your weakest link. You know, and for some people, that's going to be your immune system. Um, It's going to be your mental health. It's going to be your skin. It's going to be your reproductive health. It's going to be your digestion. Mm. You know, so stress Mm. will come in and it will penetrate the area of weakness. Mm. And everyone's area of weakness, depending on like genetics and what we're predispositioned to, is going to be different. So I like to always think of stress as like it's just on par with our physical health. And I think a lot of the times we get so caught up in our fitness and our body and what's going on without thinking what what's actually happening upstairs, you know, and how am I functioning from like a a mental health perspective. And I think it's actually a really positive silver lining that's come out of um, all the lockdowns and the pandemic is how important that actually is because no one's been able to escape that. Like I think everyone at some point in time, whether you're in lockdown or not, has felt the heaviness of the last 18 months because we feel it as a society and as a world. Everyone's Mm -hmm. going through it and it doesn't matter where you live. You can't actually escape the news. Social media now, it's on the TV, it's on the news, Mm -hmm. it's the radio station, it's everything. So it's really important to sort of bring that up because to me, worrying just about your training at the moment feels very inauthentic. Like Mm. I just think... I know training's important, but it's also a coping mechanism for a lot of us. And we need to also think about what else we're coping with. Yeah. And that's the beauty of this platform. You know, we're able to really just show all elements of ourselves through, you know, our speaking and all of that and, and say, sometimes when we are just talking about training, we feel a bit inauthentic because there's a lot of stuff going on, but then it's also nice to provide sort of an escape for people too. Mm. 
Um, you know, work work definitely is an escape for me. There's a reason why I've started two businesses in a pandemic because it's my way of just doing what I love and you get those feel-good feelings. Mm. You know, you did the same. You completely transformed your life as well and not saying that everyone has to, you know, start businesses but just try and hold on to the things that give you purpose and make you happy, man. Like, yeah, we, we need that. It's so mm. important. Yeah, absolutely. And I think as well, like just getting back onto, you know, what not to do or what to oh, yes. do. <laughs> that old thing that we're talking about. But mm. like naming it, you know, name mm. it to tame it when mm. it comes to these sorts of things that do show You and your little us. quotes are so good. I don't know how you've just We need cups, so don't many. we? Yeah, what does your cup say? Best, Best teacher, teacher ever. ever. It's actually Luke's. Um, one of his kids got oh, it for him, but I, I think it's I, I'm the teacher now. So. <laughs> Right. I'm, the, I'm the teacher now um but yeah like I really just wanted to highlight that it's not just about how you physically feel it's also about how you mentally feel and we all know like you can get amped up in the gym like you can really like trick yourself into feeling better than what you are or vice versa mm. you know you can tell yourself that you don't feel well and then therefore your performance suffers as a result but yeah. something that I'm really big on is um, something called auto-regulating and basically it's like a, a woo-woo way of saying, listen to your body. And I used to do this like with shift work in particular mm-hmm. where, you know, like maybe Monday was leg day, Tuesday was upper, like, you know, maybe you did a four or five day training split. But if I was on a week of night duty or a late, early, late, early, off, 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 like I would rearrange my training schedule mm-hmm. um, and my intensity based on stress coming in um, yep. externally. So for me at that present time, it was the stress of shift work, but I'm saying it could also be mental as well. Like Mm. maybe you have a really big business launch coming up one week. Like it it might be beneficial to deload that week or or drop your training intensity because your energy is needed elsewhere. And energy just isn't calories, right? Or or ATP. It's it's like in our brain too. It's like Mm. physical, mental, psychological energy. So Mm. it's really important to start thinking of like that recovery and that energy is not just like burning calories. Yeah, for sure. And that's why sometimes when people use the scales of you must lift this percentage of a number or it's not really like it's great for a guideline, Mm. but again, we shouldn't take everything very literally because those percentages that we may have been prescribed from like an automated program and all of that, you know, it doesn't take into account. Did you just do shift work? Like how are the kids? Like all of of these things, it's just a number. So a lot of people, and I've I've seen it as well, we all have, kill themselves to try and get that number. But it's like, no, just use the number, but don't use the number at the same time. Really just take ownership on your training and learn about Mm. your body and have conversations with your coach if if they're accessible, if you can, you know, Um, just to really just have custom training to your life because there's so much in it so much mm. it's not just about here's the number on the paper hit it at the end yeah I've never been big on like percentage scales or like mm. RPE I don't mind like rate of perceived exertion like I oh, wouldn't eight out of ten you should be pushing I don't mind that but when people give percentages of like a one rep max and they say okay this week you need to be at 70 percent this week you need to be at 80 percent which is what's used a lot in like strength and conditioning based styled coaching completely understand it but I even think like well as a female how can we be expected to operate at the same intensity like 
every week of the month. I don't like yeah. it's it's not something that I personally use in my own coaching. And I've been asked mm. about it a, a, like a while, like how much should I lift? Mm. And I'm like, well, usually the reason why we need to deload has nothing to do with what you're doing in the gym. Like we just need to yeah. keep that in mind. There's yeah. usually so many other external factors that are causing the stress to build up to that point. Cause like we spent an hour or two in the gym, like out yeah. of the 24 hour period, yeah. like I'm looking at sleep, I'm looking at food quality. I'm looking at um, occupation. I'm looking at relationship. Yeah. So that's why I've never been in strictly looking at just numbers because I think it sets you up for failure from mm-hmm. the start. Because then mm. what happens if we miss it, if we can't do that? We yeah. all of a sudden feel a sense of failure and like we haven't actually gone in and done the job that we said we would. Yeah, yeah. It really does take, you know, a, a tailored approach, not only from a coach, but then from yourself too, just to be honest and and give yourself that space yeah. to tap into how you're feeling um, without getting in your head. Because sometimes I get in my head too and, you know, it <laughs> might be a rough day and then you, you you go to train, even though we're so grateful to be training and all of that. But um. You know, you can sort of really do your head in, but it can also work the opposite way. Like a lot yeah. of people think, oh, on the fourth week, it must be a deload. But if you're yeah. feeling good, don't deload yeah. for the sake of it. Like, mm. yeah, use your energy if you've got it. Yeah, for sure. And that's that's the beauty of autoregulation as well. Mm. Like I don't personally, from the way that I normally train, actually schedule deloads unless I need it. Yep. Like to me, I'm sort of like, well, that's the art of programming for me. Like I'm not sort of trying to hit certain numbers and performance markers. Um, and usually it'll happen anyways, if I need a deload around my cycle, if I'm feeling like, a, you know, rubbish, yeah. but that's got nothing to do with my training, to be honest, that's hormonal. That's what mm. my body's telling me I need to do. So, you know, you can learn ways to set yourself up for success, but it's taken me years to know what true intensity is. Like, how can you say, oh, well, I want you to leave two reps in the tank if you've never gone till they're zero, you know, and I think as well, it's completely normal that when you have a longer period of training, when you come back, you know, a five rep max is going to feel really hard, Mm. you know, like, and you might not not actually know. And it wasn't until I actually started training with Eugene until I realized what, like a, what a really intense set to failure was. And Mm. I was like, wow, if I was on my own, like I probably wouldn't have got at least six reps out. And that to me was like, Mm, it's the beauty of you know having someone that you trust as well to take you into failures just someone else on looking giving you because it always feels worse than than what it looks we might think we're doing a deadlift and our back looks like the harbour bridge Mm. and you know (laughs) not a sydney cider now aren't i (laughs) but but it might look it it will look okay, but it feels like it's hard. Mm. So like you having a training partner, me training with Paul as well, you get to just tap in and, you know, they're both very passionate at what they do. So that helps as well. Mm. Um, You get to tap into a whole nother version of training. But Mm. to be honest, I don't, I don't think I can push 110% every fucking training session. No way. It'd be stupid to do so. I know these boys do and Paul loves it and he's an animal. Mm. But for me, I'm still a bit, you know, Mm. like I leave a couple of reps in the tank and and all of that. I I enjoy it like that. I suppose, um, not that I don't train hard because we both Mm. do, but we also have that awareness of like, all right, cool, we're not powerlifters or we're not, you know, we don't have to go to failure all the time. But we have tapped into that side, which is really Mm. cool. Yeah. And I feel like the longer you have a training partner for, the more that approach becomes apparent. Like when we first started training together, we like pushed each other hard for a long time. And then after a period of time, it, then it was like a normal, okay, <laughs> you don't next have to show off to each other. No, you just sort of like <laughs> settle in. You're like, okay, well, we can't go at 100% forever. Otherwise, we're going to end up 
dead, like, aren't we? <laughs> so we'll just know it's like, oh, I had a rubbish sleep and pulling back today. Yeah, and then yeah. I'll just know, okay, don't insult the ego. We're like, yeah. okay, look, I just say, if we don't go forward, we go backwards, but it's fine. Um, yep. But you just yep. know, and that's where that safety comes in place. Like you have to have that because you have to leave ego. You know, it's fun to push, but if you're all of a sudden letting ego take the driver's seat and, you know, make those decisions for you and push when you shouldn't, that's when you run into trouble. Um, mm. I was going to ask you, have you heard of something called the central governor theory? No. Really interesting. And for anyone who's interested, definitely do some extra reading up on it because I'm probably going to butcher it. <laughs> but <laughs> I it's love a, the forewarning. Yeah. It's a really, I was reading up on it the other day because I was listening to it on a podcast. Um, basically, the central governor theory is the perception that our brain in times of pain or hardship or when it's working overtime can physically shut down um muscle fibers to keep energy in the tank for later Mm. and it's really interesting so from my running background this is something that I resonated a lot with is like when you're running for a long period of time a lot of runners will do something called hitting the wall at a certain period of running so it's more common in endurance but basically Mm. when you're pushing so hard and your brain's going I can't do this forever this is hard I need to conserve energy I need to shut down some muscle fibers to conserve energy for when the line really does come around the corner. Mm. So then I can keep going. And when I was reading about it, I was like, it makes so much sense because something that used to screw with my head was when Eugene would say to me, you're halfway through a set. Mm. That would derail me. Mm. And I'd go, no, all of a sudden I can't do one more. And I'd like fail. But then when he would say, yep, keep going nearly there or I'd go five four three two one I'd count down yeah and I'd see the end in sight yeah and it's like I don't know if anyone's done any like running before but if you once you can see the finish line you can mm. all of a sudden beat your time in that last k what oh, is yeah. that so yeah. usually when you fail you you may not have actually failed you know you did your mind has. Mm. So if you can see the end in sight and I'm thinking of like counting down reps or creating targets for yourself or going Mm. one more, or even when you reduce the amount of volume that you're doing, all of a sudden you can produce more intensity out of nowhere. Um, But yeah, really, really interesting to read up on how our brain actually dictates how our muscles fire. Yeah. Thanks for explaining that. That was really cool. And it makes sense. Not only, you know, with, um, training but then goal setting as well mm. you need to have goals otherwise you're just kind of going and and not really getting anywhere but then you can have that laser focus towards a goal and you get there a lot smoother um, mm. but then also it reminds me of the different training styles and when I was younger and I worked at Fernwood Fitness I'd always be you know prescribing certain things to people whether it be 45 seconds of this exercise or the dreaded as many as you can and oh. that used to kill me because it's like yeah. I don't know how many I can do. Just give me a number, then I'll get there. And I noticed with my clients as well, they started to really like be like, just give me a target. So Mm. it just reminded me of exactly what you said there rather than, you know, AMRAPs and good on you CrossFitters for doing it. You're a whole Mm. nother breed of human and I respect you, but I don't know how you do it. Mm. As many, like as many rounds as possible. Mm. I I hate doing things for time. I hate doing things for time. And they're like as many as you can in 20 seconds, even that. And I'm like, well, the option's endless. And <laughs> when I was learning about this, it resonated a lot with me because when I even used to do running, I would pick a pole and run yeah. to that and then I'd pick another pole and run to that. And I couldn't understand, but this is, I used to say, I'm like, Eugene, never, ever tell me I'm halfway because I think to myself instantly, 
oh, I've got to do that again. Yes. I've got to do that again. That was already so hard. Mm. So I'd say count down from 10 for me. If I was doing a set of 20, if I was doing five or whatever, just go say three more, two more, one more. Because then you go, oh, is that all I've got left? Yeah. And once you start to learn about, you know, how our mind influences our body, you can all of a sudden like hack it and Mm. say, okay, well, don't do this, do this. Or in your mind, I'll go one more one more, just get yep. one more, just yep. one more. And then you can actually, and it's crazy because you can stimulate more muscle fibers, mm-hmm. um, literally, which is the crazy thing to think about. It's even though it sounds like it's just in your mind, it's generally not like you can actually recruit more muscle fibers and generate more power and more output and more mm-hmm. intensity. And this has been proven time and time again in endurance training where people will sprint at the end, even though yeah. they've run 40 miles. Like how is that actually possible? Yeah. Yeah. There's so much in it. And then, you know, adrenaline plays a part. It's like you hear the stories of mums lifting up cars to get yes, their baby. And, and they break their back. Yeah. Yep. Stuff like that. You just don't think, um, but yeah, it's so you know, on the topic of auto-regulating your training, you, I know, now, the ones I <laughs> that, hole. yeah, I love this. We knew today's was going to be like this, so it's good. <laughs> um, so you mentioned swapping, you know, your training days around based on shift work or whatever's going on. Um, and we also touched on, you know, if we can't hit that target percentage, then mm. um, you can also change up what you're striving for. So at the moment, cause I'm, you know, still blessed to be able to train in our gym. Um, so um Sometimes I've been trying to hit, you know, really heavy squats and deadlifts, but on the days where I'm not feeling it, because mm. Paul does my numbers because he is um, really good at strength um, programming. Mm. So he would say, okay, you know, you, you're not really going to get two reps on this weight. How about we go a lighter weight for five reps? So it's still a volume PB. Yeah. So, yeah. So things like that. So you can also change the rep ranges and play around with the volume as well. Mm. If that target's just not looking like it's going to happen today. Mm, yeah. And there's so many other ways to measure your progress rather than just wait on the bar. And I know we're probably like a broken record saying this, mm-hmm. but it can feel like a failure when all you do is set your progress by that weight. You know, mm-hmm. it feels like you're going backwards. And it's just not the case. Mm. And I also think like you can't always just get stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. You know, when you're training for 10 plus years, like, you know, you can't, there's, there is also like a ceiling and you have to deviate. And um, even at the moment, like I'm doing a conditioning block, which is like something that my body is not used to. And I was <laughs> sort of saying to Danny the other day, I actually vomited. On the first yes. day that I did, and I did a conditioning block yes. because my cardiovascular um, fitness wasn't as good as I thought. Yeah. Um, throw back to the high intensity days. I don't know how I used to yeah. smash out our 45 classes. <laughs> um, but this is the, the beauty about the body. It's so adaptable, mm. you know, and we use different protocols. Like I'm doing a conditioning block before I go into a strength phase so that it can increase the, the capacity that my muscles can do and the amount of stress it can tolerate at. Yeah. You know, if you just keep doing the same shit over and over, of course you're going to hit a plateau. Mm. And of course you're not going to be able to make progress. But mm. this is the, I guess, the thing of training that I just love about like developing yourself as a person, like, no, I don't like sets of 20 on a hack squat. Mm-hmm. No, I don't. But sometimes we have to, or actually not sometimes, always, we have to change and go yin and yang and adapt yeah. to different protocols and try different things to figure out what our body needs to progress. 
Yeah, because if we keep doing the same thing over and over and over again, we're going to get really good at that. But then what about everything else that we've neglected, whether it be, you know, your cardiovascular fitness, whether it Mm -hmm. be a certain movement pattern that you might not enjoy doing, but you've really neglected it. And then that can lead to injury, things like that as well. Mm. So it really is important. And Mm. I think one of the good things about us not competing is we're able to have that flexibility with training. Like, Mm. I don't know about you, but um, I feel like the, the ball and chain of restriction is gone and and you know if I have a rest day it makes it a bit easier I don't feel like I'm missing out on anything it's like oh well you know the show would create urgency and I love everything about competing but it's also nice to have that space to be able to be a bit more flexible with training yeah 100% like there's no there's no time pressure now yeah that's what it is right yeah and like yeah like I'm I'm even the same like I'm like oh god I haven't done a strength block in so long Mm. and I'm like I've built up so much strength in hypertrophy because strength isn't just you know what we do in low rep stuff it's everything too but a a phase where I can pull back the volume strip it back and just dedicate it to some of those foundational lifts and get strong again and have a different direction does this mean you're going to pick up the barbell again I think it does don't excite me on air on oh, I've committed. Yes. Um, but yeah, I think it's important to revisit stuff always. Oh, like I said, delicious. even conditioning, you know, mm. fucking hate it, but it's going to make the strength phase a lot better for me. Clearly, it's highlighted a limitation, right? Good so, on you for stepping into that. <laughs> in the arena, mate, in the arena. But That's so good. Yeah, like I'm excited and I think um, it's important that we do change things up and step out of our comfort zones you know, we avoid the shit we don't want to do for a long time. Where we've got a target and we're like, this is the goal. You like what you said, it restricts what you, you know, feel like you can do. I'm yeah. just like, cool, I don't have to worry about posing anymore. I can put that time into something else and I can so try some true. different things. Yeah, that's really cool. And it is, it's fine to, you know, enjoy certain trainings and then not enjoy certain mm. training. It doesn't mean one's good and one's bad one might just not be right for you you know Mm. you might love pilates and yoga or you might love powerlifting like there's so many people who just love their sports so much that they think everything else is crap like it's not cool man like time and place for everything some people like I've I've been watching Kath and Kim because that's like one of the shows that I could just escape with and I just know what's going to happen it's so funny (laughs) remember their power walk yes overseas people they're probably not going to understand who Kath and Kim are but YouTube them they're just funny Australian iconic um, comedians and they do power walking, you know, yeah. people are passionate about power walking. Good on you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This, like, I feel like when we talk about competing and this is why we called it level up, you know, this is why we didn't go with a strict bodybuilding because we love building our body, of course, but it's just one small drop in the ocean of what, mm-hmm. of ways you can move your body. Mm-hmm. And I just think, how do you know, unless you try, how do you know, like, I'm excited to be able to try, I'm not saying committing anything yet, but I'm excited to be able to try like a few different things now that I've got more time and more availability opened up and I'm not restricted by what I should be doing because don't get me wrong, like when you're in comp prep, you don't have that flexibility because you have to weigh up, you know, risk of injury, recoverability, time commitments. You have to weigh all these things up because you've only got so many hours in the day. And when you've got a goal, 
you need to be doing the things that are moving you towards that rather than just doing shit for the fun of it. But yeah, then- well said, actually, because in my head, I'm kind of like, now I don't want us to sound like we're contradicting our programming no. and ourselves. I mean, our clients come to us for a goal, whether they want to feel better about themselves, change body composition, hmm. some want to compete, some want to get rid of their injury. Great. You and I have a process for that. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it's fine to also ask your coach or, mix in some activities as well within mm. the main process don't think that you everyone needs to throw away their programs and structure no like that is the foundation of everything mm. you want to dabble in some random activities for the sake of your mental health go for it man absolutely. just see how it can fit into your current um regime yeah absolutely and like we've got a client who um is getting back into cheer like she's oh, over in um yeah, the good. Yeah, like she's over um, overseas, like mm. in cheer where it's all big and all good. Mm. And, you know, we just had to adjust her training to training three days a week because cheer's like intense, right? And she's yeah. sort of at a high level. So you just adjust. You don't that's just stop cool. doing it. It's sort of like, well, instead of training five days, that's way too much. If you're going to do yeah. cheer as your primary sport, we need to pull back this to aid recovery so that you can cheer and do it effectively, you know, because that's the primary goal as well. So really mm. important to have that flexibility with your own training as well. And also not feel like, which a lot of people do, that you have to train five or six days a week in the gym to achieve and sustain a result. Mm. You know, what you have to do to achieve a result is different different to what you have to do to maintain one yeah and I think um over time you learn that and you also become more comfortable in doing less once you've been in the game for a while and you almost have periods off like I don't know about anyone else but being in like lockdown and spending that time training in my apartment with just a band and an easy bar it showed me how much time I can actually have a loss off and not go backwards as far as I thought. Like the muscle yeah. didn't just melt off me. Yeah, no, I got awesome. back into the process and, you know, I took a bit of time, four to six weeks to get back into things and feel comfortable again. Mm-hmm. But muscle memory is a serious thing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then even changing that stimulus because you, yeah. you don't have that in the gym, like the band and the EZ bar that you were using. It was epic. <laughs> I bring um, the block here though just for oh, you've, oh, it's coming you got back. me blocked. It's a, is, is that the crate? Have you seen yeah. the crate challenges no, that were going it. around? Or it was a thing maybe three weeks ago, people in the States were setting up milk crates in the form of a big pyramid and then they oh, had no. to climb to the top, but it would get so wobbly by the time they, it was kind of in the hood, like all these Fuck. gangster people and then they would just stack it. Oh. I don't know, it was a bit of entertainment. Yeah, the crate challenge. So I just envisioned <laughs> Look it up and then I want to see you do it. No, don't hurt yourself. Yeah, um, I, had, I had me two milk crates and I also had me two. wooden block. Remember Get me some wooden more. block? Yeah, yeah, the wooden block. <laughs> you made, um, you did a lot with that. Um, Fucking oath, I got so creative. Yeah, it was cool. I, I look forward to seeing that again. No. Nah, not nah. really. I feel bad. <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? I had some clients as well who were like shocked at how sore the home, not the sore is a measurement of how good the workout is. I feel like I need mm. to cover my tracks there. But just how much doms and new feelings they had from a home workout. Mm. I was so used to going to the gym, going on this machine, but they're like, I almost don't want to go back to like the style of training I was doing. I can really feel in tune with my Mm. body training like this with the higher reps and adding some instability and things like that. So Mm. yeah, like your body, as we've said, can't really tell whether it's a dumbbell or, you know, a crate or whatever. They just know, Mm. it just knows the stimulus, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Really good. And I think um, I was telling you last week about my triceps. Oh, yeah. Sure they were. So in the, obviously this conditioning block is a very different stimulus for me. And for those who don't know, it's like two to three sets of 20 reps with like no rest pretty much. Mm. And the goal is to increase the amount of capacity or work that your muscles can do. You adapt to it as well as cardiovascular wise conditioning improves, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. But mm. I don't train arms a whole huge amount. Like I do a sprinkle in some sets from time to time, but I don't yeah. train them to failure. Anyways. Whereas I trained pretty much everything else to failure. Um, my triceps. I did like <laughs> tricep extensions to failure and then tricep push-ups, which I never do, to failure afterwards. By the end of it, I had no eccentric in the push-up and I just like hit the ground. Yes. And it was fine. Like I was like, oh, that was tough. The next day I was fine. The day after, I honestly thought I'd done tendon damage. My triceps were so sore. I woke up in the middle of the night and I went to go to the toilet and I like rolled on my side and went to get, I'm like, oh my God. Oh. And I couldn't even extend my arm out. And I was so oh, You can wipe yourself on the toilet. No, oh. I don't know. <laughs> TMI. I Thank God. But I was seriously, it just felt like someone had a knife up and down Ouch. the back of my arm. Every time I moved my arm, I couldn't tie my hair up. Like oh. tie my hair up on the top of my head. But I remember it, you telling me and I'm like, wow, how many sets did you do? And you're like, two. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> literally. But change of stimulus, yeah. you know, change of stimulus our body adapts a lot and you know mm. this is why it's important to actually change your stimulus from time to time because you don't know what you don't know yeah you know? and you can be super strong you can be super conditioned but mm. if you're not changing up your stimulus then you're really selling yourself short for the amount of progress that you can make over the long run oh 100 yeah there's mm. so much that that goes into it um mm. what are we even talking about i suppose injury would be a next one since you you know a segue from the sore tricep but you know mm. what we always love saying is there's always something that you can do when it comes to injury and mm. you did mention earlier that it is our biggest teacher you know mm. we learn a lot from injury and there's even a book out there called the gift of injury and it's so true um resting will only serve your purpose so much okay cool you've done something that's pretty acute you're a bit inflamed you've had a shit time in the gym you're like i just needed to take today off great Mm. but then get proactive and try and find all the things that you can still do all right Mm. so the rule is we stop doing the thing that pissed it off in the first place whether it be repetition of postures or movement patterns or poor technique so get Mm. those addressed and then just keep bloody training yeah, for sure. And like you said, I feel like everyone has had niggles and injuries along the way. Um, and We're living a- humans, man. Yeah, of course. Mm. We Like optimal versus practical. And when you're spending so much time in the gym, you know, especially when you're playing a sport or performing at any yeah. high level, high performance, like Victoria said on the other podcast, is not deemed as healthy. So mm. when we're not balancing things appropriately, you know, injury can happen and it's not your fault. Sometimes things do just happen. My um, partner, Luke, did his Achilles at the start of the year, freak accident, just playing basketball. Mm. And, you know, it was very ironic coming from me who, you know, trains a lot, puts my body under a lot of stress. And then he had done all the right things to prepare himself for this basketball tournament. He'd been playing, he'd been training, he'd been, Mm. you know, going to the gym, doing all things. And he snapped his Achilles, had to have surgery and had six months off afterwards. Yeah, poor guy. sometimes these things you know we have to balance it and we can't also live in fear of it 
I also think that's the thing that comes afterwards. Like, okay, well, I'm not deadlifting ever again, or I'm yeah. not doing this ever again, or I'm not getting under the bar. I'm not playing basketball ever again because I could get injured. And it's like, oh, I hate that because I think yeah. we have to actually have that growth mindset around it and be like, what can I learn from this? How yeah. can I help others? You know, mm. and I've had um like hamstring tendonitis in the past. I've had like lots of little niggles, but my back injury was something I managed yeah. for a long, long time. And I'm... Do I dare say grateful? But I've just like learned Mm -hmm. so much from that that has helped me so much as a coach and even in my own training because when I get something um, like injury or unwell or something pops up or I learn everything about it, I'm like, I'm going to understand this to the cows come home Mm -hmm. and then you can figure it out and sort of dissect it and, and become like a teacher because of it. Yeah, yeah. It's it's always feedback, whether, yeah. you know, we need to slow down or we need to pay more attention or just ask for help. Um, mm. It's always feedback. It's not a nice way to learn, but mm. it does get our attention on that thing. Otherwise, yeah. you know, if nothing hurt or you know, we, if it was comfortable, we wouldn't change anything. Mm. Um, I just, I was having some flashbacks on what you were saying before um, of, you know, us avoiding things because we could get injured. Obviously in the gym, we don't do that, but I used to love skateboarding and I saw you got back on the rollerblading, but it still burns me because yeah. I've fallen off down enough gutters and off yeah. my bike that many times to put me off. But then it just sort of unleashed like a little mm. fire in, in my belly to try those things again. I, yeah. think, I don't know. I don't, I'm just being random here, but that's sort of reminded me as a kid, you're so carefree and you just do everything. And then, yeah, maybe I should get the skateboard out. Fuck, yeah, I really am sure. in lockdown, aren't I? <laughs> You start deviating. Thoughts. No, I love it. Um, and I think as well, you know, what we do in the gym, like to some degree, it is risky. But for the vast majority of it, it's pretty low risk. It's repetition. It's slow scaling. It's it's not dynamic. It's fucking up and down. It's left and right. Like it's pretty normal movement sports and like rollerblading and and like all those sorts of things. They're dynamic. Yeah, right? there's, there's no formula to it in movement planes. Yeah. Someone yeah. can knock you from the side and, you yeah. know. Yeah. yeah. And that's with like with Luke, he's got like a football, basketball background and like mm. used to play at high levels. And to him, he had such a different view of injury to me. He was mm. like, it's expected. Like, and I can understand from sport because he'd watch all the NBA players and himself and had multiple broken fingers and like lots of stuff that happens in contact sports and performing at a high level, like what Mm. Victoria was talking about. Mm. But to us, it derails us because he would watch me be like miserable and he'd be like, what, just, you know, we move on. You get injured, you tape it up, off we go. And that was the mentality. I'm like, yeah, it's so true. Like injury can derail us or we can look at it as not oh, it's going to happen, but it could happen. And if I'm performing at a high level, like, well, okay, what can I do to reduce my risk? But how can I work on my mindset if this happens? Like, can I have a growth mindset around it? Yeah, easier said than done sometimes too, but it's really cool to name that and bring that up. Um, You Mm. often hear about athletes who become injured and then their whole identity is gone. Yeah. You know, again, that's a whole nother topic in itself. But Mm. um, in some situations, yes, it is expected. But then, as you said, um, we can do our very best in order to prevent it. You know, like Mm. it shouldn't always be happening. It Mm. can, but then we need to know how to manage it. And then if you Mm. don't know, reach out for help. Yeah, for sure. It's like anything, right? Yeah, absolutely. And like 
remove the stigma from it. Like I said, like you haven't done anything wrong. You're not a bad person. You're not like <laughs> a, sh- a super shit basketball player if you rupture Achilles. Like that's the sort of, you know, sometimes things just happen. And, you know, sometimes things are outside of our control, but we can always do our best to prevent things, et cetera. But, yeah. Ooh. I feel like we've gone down. I feel like we've gone down so many rabbit holes today, but we really just wanted to flow on about, you know, trying to stay on track and some of the obstacles that might come up for us, um, whether it is physical or mental when it comes to our whole fitness and health as a whole. Yeah, yeah. And we've also touched on, um, you know, hormones and how debilitating it can be sometimes. Yeah. And in all of our previous episodes, we're coming up to nearly episode 100. I think this will wow. be like 96. You know, if you want to learn more about hormones and, and all of that, we've got episodes on that. We've got specific episodes on every single topic here. So um, go back to some of the older ones if you want to have a more in-depth listen whether it be Mm. mindset whether it be um anything like that Mm. and just recognize that nothing is set in stone like we are living humans things come up it's really important to learn how to be flexible as Mm. well Mm. yeah absolutely thanks for tuning in guys and again as always if you did enjoy this episode please do take a screenshot um, and tag the level up podcast on instagram thank you